There's very little doubt that uh, the definition of what makes a family has very much changed in our society over the last number of decades. Uh, Mum, dad, 2.4 kids and a dog uh, barely seems to describe what is considered to be family in our society. We have a, an increasing number of single parent families, uh, blended families, uh, families where children are being raised by grandparents uh, or wider family. Uh, we have increasingly families with two mums or two dads. Sometimes we, as followers of Jesus, we, we struggle to know what to think about this change in definition of a family. How do we define what makes a family that follows Jesus? Well, this morning I don't want to suggest that the Bible has nothing to say about that. But I do want to say that when it comes to defining a family that loves and serves and honours Jesus, the Bible has more to say about its character than about its exact form. And that's exactly what we find here in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. A godly family a family that loves, follows, and honours Jesus, doesn't have to have a set form, but it is characterised in a particular way. Now, if you want to just flick back in your Bible to the start of chapter 5, there's a wonderful summary in chapter 5, verse 1, about what this whole letter that Paul is writing to the Ephesian church is all about. We've spent the last six months in various chunks in this letter at South Barwon. And we've spent our time with our series under the umbrella of who do we think we are? Because it's a letter about our identity. It's all about our new identity in Jesus, who we are. And there's this wonderful summary in chapter 5, verse 1, where it calls us beloved children. That's our new identity in Christ. We're loved by God. He's our heavenly Father. In chapter 1, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in Christ in the heavenly realms. We were loved by God from the start of time, before even. We've been saved by Jesus and we've been marked, sealed by the Holy Spirit. We're the new family of God, the new temple of God. We're beloved children. Now, out of that new identity, Paul in this letter then instructs us how we're to live. Not out of our own efforts, not out of our own identity, but this identity as God's beloved children. It's there in chapter 5, verse 1 as well. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. We are to imitate God. Now in this section of chapter 5 and chapter 6, he explains how we're to do that in a number of different ways in a number of different areas. And here in these verses, he's talking about children and parents. From our new identity, parents and children, both as beloved children of God, we're now to live in a particular way. See, without this new identity, family life 
can take the form of a power struggle. Parents might want to exert power and influence and authority over their children. They might be overly harsh. They might squash any individuality. On the other side, parents might neglect their children altogether, see them as a bother or a burden, something children to just get off their hands so they can go about living their own lives. Without understanding this new identity, children might want to just throw off that authority, throw off the control of their parents. Can't wait to just leave it behind and stand on their own two feet. And on the other extreme, they might, they might want to unhealthily cling to their parents for too long, stay dependent on them seemingly forever. But this instruction comes to us as dearly loved children. This is to shape how parents and how kids both live and behave. Now we're going to start, of course, looking at children. And then in a moment, we're going to move on to parents. So kids here, uh, those who live under your parents, those who live uh, under the authority of mum and dad, this is talking to you. And out of the four verses here, three of them are addressed directly to you. So let's start and look what it says. Verse six, chapter 6, verse 1, Children, obey your parents. Now, notice that there's another command coming up in verse 2. But the first one is there in verse 1. Obey your parents. Now, we might try and get around try and get around this one. So what, what does obey really mean? Well, obey means obey. We kind of all know what that means. <laughs> it means listen to your parents and do what they say. Now, there's two things that he says about that obedience, if you notice there. The first thing he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, what is he saying there? Now, when we see that, we might be tempted to think, well, this is about if your parents tell you to disobey God, then you can disobey your parents. And that's, in a sense, certainly correct. If we have parents and they instruct us to disobey God, well, we're to obey God first. But it's much bigger than this. He's giving us a reason for our obedience. We obey God because we are God's, we obey our parents because we are God's beloved children. Why, do, why should parents listen to and obey their parents? Because they have become beloved children of a heavenly father. And as we want to thank and live for our new heavenly father, we're to respect and obey and honour the authority that he's put in place in our parents. The second statement there also gives another reason. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. He's saying, you don't need to know the Bible. <laughs> you don't need to have God instruct you on this. Have a look around you and you know that this is right. You see, we've all been, we've all been to the shopping centre before and, and we've seen those absolute 
play rat bag kids. I mean, all kids can be rat bags at times. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> but we go to the supermarket and you see, you see that kid just obstinately and stubbornly refusing their parent. And something inside of you cringes, doesn't it? Why does that happen? Because we know that's not right. In most every society across the world and throughout history knows that it's right for children to obey their parents. Now, the second commandment that he has for children is, is similar, and it's there in verse 2. And he says, Honour your father and your mother. And Paul is quoting here from the Ten Commandments. Now, what he's doing is he's giving, doing two things to this first commandment to obey. Firstly, he, he's giving a heart behind the obedience. So this is not, all right then, I'm going to do what you say, kind of obedience. This is not stomp your feet, storm off, I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to like it. This is obey and respect and honour your parents. But what he's also doing is he's extending this to those who no longer are young children living under the authority of their parents, but those who are older, older teens becoming independent, even those who have grown up and left home, you still honour your father and your mother. You might not live under their direct authority, but you still honour them. You see, what he's doing is he's making, he's encouraging children to make their parents' job of raising them a joy and a privilege and a pleasure rather than an extreme burden. He's saying, respect them as the ones that God has put in authority over you. Make their God-given job as easy as possible by obeying them and honouring them. Now, he also tells us that there's a promise attached to it. He says, this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now, we, 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 re, we realise that as we read this, that this is no guarantee against illness or accident or injury. He's not saying that if you're a disobedient child, you're going to get sick or you're going to have an accident or you're going to get injured. We remember where these promises are given. It's given in the Old Testament in the law. As the nation of Israel is about to go into the promised land, and he's saying to the people, if you, you want to go well there, if you want your community to go well there, parents, and we'll look at this in a minute, pass the faith on to your kids. Kids, walk in the ways that your parents set for you. You know, every church is only one generation away from extinction. If kids don't grow up walking in the ways of their parents, honouring, respecting and obeying not just their parents but God, the church is wiped out 
in one generation. Kids, if you, if you love this church and if you love God and you want to see this church continue and grow, you have a part in that. Not, not just in the future, but today. And your part in that is to obey and honour your parents. Now we live in a time where it's pretty cool and it's pretty socially acceptable to dishonour and to laugh at and to mock those who are in authority, those who have positions of privilege and power. If you saw the memes that floated around during the election, you realise that we have very little respect for people in authority. In the classroom, when, when the teacher stuffs up, <laughs> you hear the kids laugh and snigger and run them down. We live in a time where if you have a boss who you don't like, well, you're fully entitled to talk about them behind their back with your fellow co-workers. And you'll probably find yourself, kids, in plenty of situations where your parents do stuff up and don't get it right because we are not perfect and we often fail. But in these times, we're going to find ourselves with a choice. Are we going to honour and obey our parents even though they're not perfect? Or are we going to do our own thing and mock them and go our own thing? We don't honour our parents because they always get it right. If you're waiting for your parents to be perfect, you're going to be waiting until Jesus comes back again. Parents get it wrong. We honour them and we obey them because we are God's dearly loved children. Because he never fails us. He never gets it wrong. He loves us unconditionally and always knows what's best for us. And he calls us to honour and obey our parents. Now throughout this uh, little section in the book of Ephesians, if you look around there, there's this passage that deals with our wives and husbands and then also a little bit to do with slaves and masters afterwards. There's something really, really unique going on here. Paul's teaching the church, followers of Jesus, that, that weakness is the new strength. Submission is the new strength. He's saying that when you're, when you're in a position of weakness, you actually have this incredible, wonderful opportunity to be an encouragement to those other people around you. And kids, it's telling you that as well. You can actually be an incredible encouragement and blessing to your parents. You can encourage them to follow Jesus. And how do you do that? By honoring them and by obeying them. And you'll encourage them to keep following Jesus. All right, now, Paul then moves from children and he's going to move to parents. Boys and girls, 
you can't stop listening. Uh, it's good to know what he's instructing your parents as well. He does that in verse 4, and particularly he starts then by addressing fathers. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Now, why fathers? Is that because this doesn't apply to mums, and mums can just kind of do what they want? Well, not at all. He's actually, he says this because of what he has just said to husbands and wives in the previous passage. He spelled out that in, in the family, dads, husbands, the buck stops with you. You're accountable to God for setting the tone in your family. You're accountable to God for the way that you love your wife and you love your kids. Mums, it applies to you as well, but dads, God will hold you accountable for what goes on in your family. And what does he say? Well, let's remember the context. We're seeking to imitate God as his dearly loved children. This is so important for two reasons. The first one is because our identity and our security is found in being dearly loved children of God and not in being good parents. It's so easy to create an identity for ourselves out of being a dad or a mum and to find our security in how well we are doing as a parent or how well other people think that we are doing as a parent. It's so easy to feel good about ourselves when our kids are behaving and doing the right thing and then feel awful about ourselves when they're, when they're running amok. This is reminding us our identity, our security, our hope is not found in our parenting. It's found in being beloved children of God. If we parent out of our insecurities, we're going to be trying to draw something from our kids that we're not meant to. If we're trying to seek validation and worth and identity from our kids, it's going to lead us to parent in the wrong ways. We remember we're beloved children of a heavenly father. The second reason why this is so important is because this gives us the perfect model for parenting and particularly for being a father. We have a heavenly father who loves us, who cherishes us, who saves us, who establishes us, who guides us, who protects us, who invests in us. That's the model that we now follow. What how does he put that? He says, fathers, he does it in two ways, both negatively and positively. First of all, negative. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Now, what is he saying here? Is he saying that every time my kids get angry, I've failed as a parent? Not quite. He's talking about using our children for our own ends. He's talking about using them to build up ourselves. That can take lots of forms. Maybe we're overly harsh or overly critical with our kids. Maybe we're inconsistent with them. 
or we demand things of them that we're not willing to demand of ourselves. It can be being overbearing, having overly high expectations of them. It might be to be distant or removed, to discipline out of anger rather than out of love. Don't provoke them to anger. Just as in the marriage relationship, husbands and wives are to love and to serve each other. So we are as parents to love and to serve our children. Now why can't we do that? Why can't we provoke them to anger? Because that is the very opposite of God-shaped authority. That's exactly the opposite of the way that God deals with us. At the end of the day, we, we don't want our kids just to be obedient and honoring to us. We want them to be obedient and honoring to God. We want to know that they're His beloved children. And so we're to love them in the way that God loves us. Positively put comes next. Don't provoke them to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now that little phrase there, bring them up, it seems like such a neutral, neutral phrase, doesn't it? Just bring them up. You know, either you bring them up well or you, you bring them up poorly. But really interestingly, that same word as used at the end of chapter 5, verse 29, and it's the word nourishes. What was it talking about there? It was talking there about the way in which Jesus nourishes his church. It's talking about the way that Jesus provides for his church, his body. So in the same way, husbands are to cherish, nourish, their wives as they would their own bodies. What's the saying of parents? Parents, nurture, nourish your children. Not just bring them up neutrally, but love them. I have to mention this because every commentary that I read on this passage mentioned it. John Calvin, uh, if you've been around in sort of Reformed churches for a while, you've heard his name before. Uh, he, he, and he, he changes, or no, it doesn't change this. He interprets this as fondly cherish. Fondly cherish your children. And how do we do that? How do we nurture? How do we care for them? How do we look after them? Does it mean that we give them everything that they want? Does it mean that we never say no to anything? Well, no, no he explains it. Nourish them in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This is, this is all about... Raising our kids to love and honor and serve Jesus Christ. How do we do that? Well, he uses two phrases. The first one there is discipline. Now, when it's on its own there, it, it seems like it's kind of a very harsh, very negative, uh, disciplinary kind of word. But the way that it's translated in other parts of the New Testament helps, helps to shape this. Another place where we have it is in 1 Timothy 3 verse 6. It's a verse that you might have heard before. For all scripture is breathed out by God and is useful for teaching, correcting, uh, rebuking, and training in righteousness. Which one do you think? I won't get a hands up thing. Which one do you think it might be? It's the training word. It's to train them, to show them the way that we follow Jesus. 
to set a path or a pattern for them to follow. Train them through your life, through your words, through your actions to follow Jesus. And the same goes for, for the word instruction. Again, it's uh, out of the two words, it's actually probably the most that leans towards discipline. In many other places, it's translated by the word admonish. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. You notice that in both those, both those occasions, in Timothy and in Colossians, both these two words are closely associated with the work that God's word does in our lives. God's word trains us. God's word admonishes us. God's word shapes our character. God's word shapes our behavior. What's he saying here, mums and dads, to us? The goal is not simply well-behaved children. The goal is not simply kids that can sit still in church or can have a conversation with an adult by looking them in the eye. The goal is not just that our kids avoid the excesses of, of alcohol and drugs. The goal is kids who love, who follow, who serve Jesus. Whose lives are being transformed by his word. Lives that are being modeled and shown what it means to put God first in your life. To have his word shape and change us. See, as parents, if we're struggling in this, and let's be honest, we've, we all struggle in this a lot of the time, and so often we feel that we're failing and that we could do so much better. But the place that we need to start is with our own hearts and our own lives being changed and shaped by God through his word in the likeness of Christ. We need to go back to that over and over again to be reminded that we are beloved children. Whether or not our parenting is going well or it's the worst that we could ever imagine. We need to be reminded that God loves and saves us and that he loves our children. We need to be positive about the role that God's word plays in our own lives. That we enjoy to hear it, we enjoy hearing it and being transformed by it. That we are struggling ourselves and that God's word gives us encouragement and strength to continue. We need to be positive about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Positive about going to church, positive about being part of church activities, setting an example for our kids to follow. And all the way along, as mums and dads, we pray for God's work 
in the lives of our children. There is only so much we can do, but God can do so much more. There are times when we let our kids down and we're inconsistent and we fail, but we remember they have a heavenly father who never lets them down and who never fails and is always faithful. Let's pray together, shall we? Lord God, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the way that it encourages us. And we thank you for the way that it challenges us as well. We thank you for our mums and dads, for those people in our lives that showed us your word, showed us the way to follow Jesus. And we thank you for our kids as well. Lord God, we thank you that they belong to you and they belong to your church. Thank you, Lord God, that you are the one who reigns and rules over them. And we pray, Lord God, for your work in their lives, that you would bring them to faith in Christ, that you would change and renew and restore them. Lord God, please use us in all our weaknesses and failings. Please use us, God, to encourage them, to point them to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.